0: Back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue podcast. I'm your host, as always, Amir Farrell, with my co-host J Mac. can cannot join us; he's a little bit busy today. But we got a great episode for you guys today. Um, we have a lot to talk about. Um, it's kind of a uh, you know, if I looked at this uh, title of this episode three weeks ago, I would have uh, laughed in your face. But uh, <laughs> here, here we are. We're going to be breaking down today, um, as you guys can tell, how the Denver Broncos can make the postseason in january of 2024 um it, it is that time of the year fellas where only eight games are remaining of the season and even though we're only nine games through the year the playoff picture is already starting to form everybody's already talking about who has the seventh seed the sixth seed fifth seed we're gonna jump into all that today what broncos uh, are gonna need to do um and then what record they probably will need to have at the end of the season but before we go and jump in today's um very very exciting episode jmick how are you doing brother
1: i'm doing good man uh I can't really complain. I'm just – I can't wait to this week, Sunday night football, got a big game. You know, it, yes, it, it, it just feels really good to be in, like, big games. You know what I'm saying? It, it really does. Yeah, better.
0: we were we were down in the dumps a few weeks ago. I <laughs> I we I was we were literally at a point where we had to ask our listeners if we wanted to keep doing game previews. Like it was yeah. it was it was that bad, <laughs> but uh, we got we, we're four and five now. Like that that's exciting. I know it's a uh, still losing record, but I I think we're really going somewhere, man. Three wins against you know, and th- those are like convincing wins. So um, it, it's exciting. Uh, it's exciting to be in this time of the year for Broncos football. Um, where offense is doing their part, defense is doing their part. Um, so lots to talk about today's episode. Um, so let's go ahead and just start jumping into our what the Broncos need to do in order to uh, make. I mean, at this point, maybe we could win the division, but it's looking like out of the picture. So like what the Broncos need to do to get like a six or seven.
1: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner. Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where Bank of America can help.
0: seed Um, so right now in terms of uh, the NFL playoff picture uh, the Texans do hold the seventh seed um, with a 5-4 record so for anybody thinking that it's crazy that we're saying the Broncos are back or saying that the Broncos can make the playoffs we're one game out right now from the seventh seed so like we're literally just a few Texans losses away and a few uh, more Broncos wins away from making the play from being in the playoff picture as a seventh seed it's crazy Um, so yeah then the sixth seed the Browns are six and three so we're two games out from them But Deshaun Watson did get ruled out for the season Uh, But at the same time though their defense is the main reason that they have that six and three record So they're still going to be a very very tough task as uh, we're going to be playing them within the next few weeks Um, Fifth seed is also the six and three Steelers Um, I know a lot of people have have been you know calling their record fraudulent They've been outgained in like all of their games and somehow they're six and three I mean what Mike Tomlin and that defense has done. It's pretty remarkable um And then the fourth seed is also a 6-3 team at the Dolphins. Third seed is uh, the 6-3 Jags. The second seed is 7-3 Ravens. One seed is uh, the 7-2 Chiefs. Um, so we're kind of, are you know, targeting around that sixth or seventh seed uh, right now. So how you guys are asking, how do you do it? Well, we're gonna go ahead and uh, tell you guys. Number one for me, uh, what the Broncos need to do uh, this year is points off takeaways. I mean, these last two weeks that you can't help but ignore how many takeaways the Broncos have had. I mean, you do, you have to play complimentary football if you want want to be a good football team down the stretch. The last two weeks, the Broncos have recorded nine takeaways and have only scored 16 points off them in my opinion that's absolutely ridiculous so that that's like unheard of in my opinion like at some point the defense is going to slow down not creating that many turnovers like if they do average four takeaways every single game the rest of the season then you you guys can have it you can clown me clip this or whatever but i just don't see it happening four turnovers every single game like at some point they are going to slow down and the offense is going to have to step up to be honest like 24 points in back-to-back weeks against some really good defenses. Yeah, that that's impressive, but you did it with the help of your defense, putting you in great, great starting field positions. So, in my opinion, points-off takeaways has to jump up massively uh, in the next uh, eight games. And even if we aren't getting a lot of takeaways, offense just has to step up in general.
1: Yeah, I agree, because it's going to be – like, I'm looking at the, our schedule. we got some pretty well-coached teams who – I mean, we got to be honest. Like, if you're not going to get points-off takeaways, they're going to – like they can ease these teams can usually bounce back and just keep scoring on you. So for the Broncos, that's the most because I think Buff. I think it was a point in the game where we had five takeaways and only six points. Buffalo had one and had seven. That that just can't happen. But a big factor why is just the pen, which goes into my point is the penalties, especially the off on the offense side of the ball. The defense they've been playing really disciplined football over the last few weeks. I'm not really too worried about them defensively, like, you know, getting any penalties, but the offense, it just has to, the, all the holding calls the uh, in the false starts is really killing us. Just And it's not even just Mike McGlinchey. It's down the line. Like you, Corlin Sutton had some, Michael Burton had some last week. And currently the Broncos are 28th in the league in penalties. That is God awful. That is terrible. So I think And uh, another thing, the holding calls, I think Cushenberry had three last week. And it's just a very like it's just a very like reoccurring thing with the Broncos. And we thought Sean Payton was gonna fix this, but it's looking like these pillars are just self-inflicted. Like the, the guys just aren't learning from their mistakes. And sometimes it's 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 really to help the play because it's sometimes where if you do if you don't hold, Rusky could get strip sacked. You know what I mean? So sometimes they are good, but sometimes like come on, man, like this is a drive killer. Like we get a takeaway, get the ball at midfield, we get a first down, and then it's like holding. And to think about the Broncos, one thing I will say, we don't overcome offensive penalties. We haven't been that team all year, and I don't think we're going to be this team them, that team moving forward. Usually we get a false start or even a holding call on like an early down. We're going to end up with third and long, and the drive might be dead unless we're in field goal range. That's just the type of team that we've been. But I think the penalties offensively definitely have to clear up up front. The offensive line have been playing really well. You just got to stop the false starts and the holdings, man. And I know teams around the league have it, but – the Broncos, that's literally all of our penalties. It's false starts and holding. Like I'm so tired of the false starts and holdings. It's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, Broncos are averaging 7.1 penalties per game. I mean, for anybody that doesn't know, that's really bad. So (laughs) like j Max said, 28th in the NFL. We're literally around some teams that are like their seasons are already over. So like at that point, you really do have to look at this team with Sean Payton and say this has to be a more disciplined uh, unit uh, with the offense. Obviously, defense last week, I believe they were penalized like maybe once, maybe. So like the offense – uh, definitely has to pick things up. The fall starts like last week was a big issue on Monday night. Um, just because it, it was like a tough environment. I mean, the Bills. I mean, Highmark Stadium is extremely, extremely loud. It's a very, very tough environment. But regardless, you, it doesn't matter when you get when you go in the playoffs and you're on the road against a Bills team. Like the Broncos are not going to have home field advantage in the playoffs. So like when you go on the road, you it, you're going to be in a Chiefs environment. You're going to be in a Bengals environment. You're going to be in a Bills environment. Like it, it it's those environments are tough to play. in, so you have to learn now from those mistakes and improve on them. Because once yeah. you get to the playoffs, if they do, they're just going to shit the bed with constant penalties and get backed up every single possession. Like before this game, the Broncos are 14th in the NFL and third down conversion percentage, which is pretty solid. Um But after, you know, after this game, um, I think they were like three and 10 or three and 11 at one point. I mean, uh, it's just not good. They got to improve in that, in that category.
1: Yeah. And, Going, I mean, going into this week, we're going against Minnesota. They're they're, their second in penalty. They don't, they're a well coached team. They don't, they don't beat themselves. That's why they're on this winning streak. They don't beat themselves. They're not, they're, they're not going to give you an opportunity. You're going to have to just outbeat them. You're going to have to, your skill is going to have to overcome. You're just going to have to win the game. But the Broncos going there with all these penalties, Minnesota will capitalize. That's, I don't know how they do it, but they usually do. But we'll see.
0: Yeah. Um, One of my next, uh, you know, takeaways or points, whatever, for the Broncos to make the playoffs this season is uh, run the ball. Just please run the ball. That's this is the biggest part of our team right now. Javante Williams needs to, in my opinion, Javante Williams needs to have like around 15 carries a minimum a game. I know that's putting a lot on his knee. And he's 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 at 100, percent but like there's got to be some stat out there, and I'll probably look into it one of these days. There's got to be some stat out there where when Javante Williams gets 15 plus carries, the Broncos are like nearly undefeated, maybe one loss. Like Javante, when you feed him the rock, the Broncos almost every time win. So at this point, like the recipe is easy. You can't make it too predictable, obviously giving Russell Wilson those play action plays are really, really key and important to how we convert first downs and score points. Um, But I think Javante, man, he's just like, when all is going wrong, you hand it off to the ball to him and he gets those four yards. It kind of revives the offense a little bit. As long as, you know, those penalties aren't killing your drives, Javante Williams always pounding the rock. And then the the, the important thing about running the ball this season is, in my opinion, I said this before the season, and now it's come to fruition The Broncos, in my opinion, have the best running back trio in football. So when you have a trio like that, You gotta you gotta take advantage of it, and I know Sean Payton will. I completely trust him. I'm just trying to say like this has to be the reason the Broncos continue winning football games It's because it's worked for you the last three games. Even though Javante hasn't averaged the bet like he's averaged 4.1 yards per carry in the last three games, it's pretty solid. He's only he's rushed for 246 yards, and since week seven, he's led all AFC uh, AFC running backs in rushing yards. So I mean, it's it's working for you. The run blocking. Uh, it's had its sputters, but overall, it's been really, really solid. So even though it's going to seem like a heavy workload for Javante, um, you still have a Jaleel McLaughlin and Samaje Ryan to balance it out. So in my opinion, you got to run the ball. That's got to be the reason the Broncos score points. You can't always rely on turnovers.
1: Yeah, and it's crazy because you really watch our rushing attack. It's not what, what makes it the best. Is not just you know the, how much like that is effective. I mean, yeah, he's getting four yards of carry, but it's the fact that he wears defenses down. Like, the contact, Mm -hmm. everything. Like, I was just saying, like, anytime you hear Javante run the football, it's like somebody gets two helmets and is just banging them up against each other repeatedly. The guy runs with so much physicality. I mean, he's wearing defenses down. Like, that's just what it is. Guys get tired of tackling him. Guys get tired of having to go up against him every single play when the Broncos are just going to be like, no, you know we're going to run the football and we're going to continue to run the football. And they don't care because Sean Payton, and shout out to him for clock management too. But I agree. I mean, Javante and uh McLaughton he, he, he didn't have the best game against buffalo but he's yeah. been like i'll say outside of like the last maybe two games he's been really consistent so i, I in a game against minnesota i feel like this is a game for him especially he's been playing really well at home too so
0: but yeah yeah he has um no one of the next things i want to talk about is playing smart football i mean um that that's got to be the key for any any team that wants to make the playoffs. For being honest, but especially the Broncos. I mean, the Broncos are 18th in the NFL in giveaways per game. Believe it or not, with 1.4, they're also 30th in the NFL with uh, with fumbles lost per game. They average at least one fumble loss per game. So, even though Russ hasn't thrown a lot of interceptions, fumbling has been an issue. And um, last week, I, I put that fumble on him with uh, Sutton. Like that yeah, that ball too. was extremely underthrown. Yeah, if he concerned. throws it on target, Sutton's going. He's getting yards after catch and getting. In the first down so like i to me russ does have to improve in that department um i know a few weeks ago sutton didn't help that either he had like two fumbles um in our loss but yeah fumbles got to be cleaned up for sure because if we're like down the stretch let's say we're like seven and five or something like that, um, or six, whatever it is. And the Broncos fumble a game away. Like though, those turnovers are really going to kill our playoff chances. So playing smart football really is a key for any team, but especially this Broncos team. Um, cause it, like I said, the defense isn't going to average four takeaways every single game.
1: Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up the Corlin Sutton play. Russell really underthrew that ball. I don't know what I don't know if he thought he saw a defender by him or whatever, but he underthrew the ball really low and Sutton didn't really get a chance to like, you know, get a good grasp on the ball, which led to the fumble. But yeah. I agree. I mean, it's really just the fumbles in general. And it's it's Russ hasn't thrown interceptions. I mean, he's got what four, I think.
0: Yeah. yeah that's only four. really
1: good. That is I I, I I give him his kudos on that. He is not turning the ball over like throwing like he's not gonna. We're not gonna lose games because of that. The fumbles can be fixed though. I, I really I really think they can. Yeah. The fumbles early on in the season were just him not being like like um, we brought up a few weeks ago. His pocket awareness. It's gotten better like over the last few weeks. It's gotten better. But earlier in the season, his pocket awareness was really bad, and which led to a lot of those fumbles. Guys being able to come behind him and strip him. But I will say. I think that can be fixed. I mean, like I'm surprised at how little we are turning the ball over. Just, 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 because of how bad we've done it over the course of the last few years, it's just crazy to see our quarterback with four interceptions and we're not beating ourselves that much in that in that department and turning the ball over. But um, my so so my second point, and I'm glad you brought up like running the football. I'm gonna go stop the run. I think that that's one area the Broncos haven't been that great in. I think it. The game against the Chiefs, yeah, but the Chiefs aren't really – they don't really run the football that a ton. They get the, – Mahomes always airs it out. But I'll say – I mean, James Cooks, yeah, he had 100 yards, but I think the Broncos, it was – he fumbled twice. Like, that was – the big run where he got most of those yards was really – that that shouldn't have even happened. But I will say, you're going against a team in Minnesota where they're not the best rushing football team, but I look for them to be very, like, leaning on the run game with – the 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 rookie to have Todd Chandler and if if Madison plays Madison, but I think moving forward too as well, you're gonna have to find ways to stop the run because when you go up against teams like Detroit and the Chargers and <sighs> I mean I in and, and even the Texans because the Texans seem like Damien Pierce or Singletary whoever it is when they're in the game they're getting the ball. I think Singletary had 30 carries against Cincinnati,
0: ridiculous. Yeah. But um
1: yeah, you're gonna have to find ways to stop just, just at least keep the run at a mid level like effect like it doesn't hurt us. Like if the Broncos can figure out a way to do that, then I'm 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 all but fine with it. But it just we're kind of towards the bottom. And I know that has a lot to do with the early in the season, but still, yeah. like I still don't like it doesn't look how our secondary deep how our secondary not passive defense looks. It looks like it could be a weakness that teams just continue to do. But yeah, that's that's one area I think that we gotta
0: improve on. Yeah, the offenses are going to work our D line if we're being honest. Like, <laughs> and if they're being extremely predictable with it, too, I'm not too sure if we'll be able to stop it. Like, you're right. The defense has improved, but that's still been like kind of a, a little bit of an issue. Um, I, I think it. I think it has improved. The Dolphins game really skews those stats. I think we're averaging, yeah. averaging allowing 158 rushing yards per game. No, People probably sounds... look at that and be like, "Yeah, this week Alexander Madison's going for 200." Like no. it, it's because that Dolphins game that really like I think. Raheem Mostert, uh, um, what's the name? Devon A. Chain average. They uh, both had like 300 rushing yards or something. Like, or nah, total. No, together, t- yeah. total together, 300 rushing yards. So, yeah. like, yeah. That, really ske- that really skewed all the stats. And not even just that, like, but that whole game really skewed our stats. Like, we're still lasting in the NFL in defense. But, um, yeah, yeah r- allow, stopping the run is going to be huge, man. Like you said, the Alliance team, the uh, Texans team, and other teams as well down the stretch. Even Cleveland, even the- too. Yeah, Cleveland, too. Jerome Ford. Yeah. Down the stretch, and Josh Jacobs third in the NFL rushing yards. I mean, that kind of just happened out of nowhere. They're really starting to find their stride. So, uh, even though he didn't have the greatest start, so yeah, what we're trying to say is like towards the end of the season, teams are going to work us with that, uh, with you know running the ball, and it's it's going to be up to Vance Joseph in this unit to see how they respond. Um, A lot of pursuit angles are kind of interesting. I was watching tape yesterday, and Zach Allen was taking some questionable like pursuit uh, tackling angles with stopping the run. So those little things have to be cleaned up on tape. Uh but I, I believe in our coaching staff to fix those things. Um but yeah, that's a that's a great point you bring up.
1: Yeah. My last and final point is I want to see the offense get I know um I don't want them to rely too much on the quick game, but I want to see it implemented at least like fifteen percent of our offensive plays a little bit because I mean it seems like I don't know if you kind of feel this way too, but it seems like we're either going deep or running the football. Like
0: literally, literally, literally,
1: yeah. like, yeah, like like I feel like that's just what Sean Payton and it, that that's very conservative. I mean, because you saw when he was in New Orleans, I know Breeze and Russ are two different type of quarterbacks, but at some point you got to get your quarterback, get let them go with some of the receivers in a quick game. I mean, that's how we got some of our biggest plays was literally in the quick game. Like, the the Judy had his biggest catch of the game because it was third and, I think it was like third and 12 or something like that, and yeah. he ran just a simple slant route, first down easy. I think I, I want to see just a little bit of that, getting Judy involved more down, because, I'm not going to – because you're going up against some really – these are some really, like, tough games against well-coached, disciplined teams. You're you, you're not going to be able just to run the ball, just simply just run the ball to beat them like you did against Buffalo. You're going to have to – you're going to have to at least air it out a little bit. I mean, I'm not saying we didn't throw the football. I'm just saying I think we need to do just a little bit more, like, and especially, like, and be way better in it. I want to see Judy getting at least at, – give him at least three slants a game. And just let let just I mean he's open. That's the one thing. I, if he's getting boxed, then yeah, I understand it. But like the fact that he he can get open. So I mean, if you're gonna, I would just give Nose a game and target the rookie. Target Marvin Mills. Yeah. I, I just don't see why not. I mean, him playing a game and not getting a single. I I, I don't know if he even got targets last week. Did Did he get targets?
0: I don't think. So. I don't think he did. No.
1: Yeah. So I'm like, man, if you're not gonna target, I mean, I, I'm all good for sudden. Sudden had a season. I think a season high in targets. In this game, which is, I love to see it. I mean, he made plays all over the field, but I, I do want to see guys like Judy and Marvin Mim just get involved a little bit more in the quick game because those guys are great after the catch. Like, you, I just feel yeah. like you have to give them chances at some point during the season because if you want to beat teams like Detroit and Houston, like those, those teams score nothing but they, they all they do is score. So you're going to have to at least get some guys involved.
0: Yeah, Marvin Mims. I'm, I'm not too. I, I believe he didn't get any targets, but I do know he didn't get any catches just because of that uh, sideline interaction he had with yeah. one of the fans. <laughs> that was. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, that was hilarious to me. But, uh, um, yeah, Judy is really important because like. I see, and Sutton had 11 targets in our last game. Judy never gets those slants that Sutton gets. I know he's a big body receiver, and he's probably going to win most of those, but a lot of them he actually doesn't really win. And, like, Judy's really quick off the line of scrimmage. Why not just give it to him? Like, I see every game Sutton at, le- at least have, like, three of those simple slat yeah. targets, like, on, like, se- uh, second and 10 or whatever it is. Like, uh, we always see him getting those. So why doesn't Jerry Judy ever get those? Like, Jerry, I feel like Jerry Judy's always running a deep post. Like. Really? Uh, yeah. I- I- yeah, so I or think, yeah, like, I was always, I was watching the Bills and Chiefs film, and Bruno's just always running like, I understand he's stretching the field, that's his, that's what he's doing, but, like, at at some point, and you bring up a good point, like, there are so many plays on, like, third and, like, nine or whatever, and we're just running, like, verticals, like, at (laughs) some point, we have to get, like, a little bit creative with the intermediate game, like, and that's why, I'm not gonna lie, I was a little bit too hard on Russ, because, like, a lot of these plays are long-developing routes, so, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, of course, Russ is gonna be holding on to the ball for a little bit long, so, like, I I do uh, I do have to you know I do have to say that because like it's not always on the offensive line it's not always on Russ like if you're dialing up you know verticals you know, simple <laughs> routes on like 39, 30, eleven, like yeah a fucking course is gonna be clobbered like that so that's why I've been a little bit frustrated with that that's a great point you bring up that's got, we have to have more creativity in these last eight mm-hmm. games
1: yeah and if, going on in like the the games you have a team like Minnesota in Cleveland our next two games. That's one area that I think, like, that's why I'm bringing it up because you're going to have to get the ball out quick. Like you said, um, Minnesota loves to blitz. Daniel Hunter leads the league in sacks. you got to get the ball out at least – you can't – like, you, you have to get the ball out somewhat quicker. Like, you just have to. I mean, that's just – you're going to have to get the ball out quicker. I mean, I'm not saying do it, like, all the time just because I agree. That's not Russ's strength, like, in a, making quick decisions on the fly like that. But I will say, at some point, you got to give him an opportunity. Like, if you want a guy, just bro, you can just easily call some stick routes here and there. Let Russ get it out early, catch. Judy can fall for it. Pick up a seven is not bad. Like, you know what I'm saying? I just feel like we need to implement more of that. And against Cleveland, you cannot hold the ball with Z'Darrius Smith and Miles Gary. That's just something you cannot do. Going into that game, you cannot continue to run. If if they're going to go into that game thinking you can run just play action and deep developing plays, it's going to be a long day it's, it's going to be a long day because the way Miles Garrett is playing, what he just did to Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, oh, my God. And Zadarius Smith is just – he's the perfect, like, compliment to him on that other side. So you're going to have to get the ball out quick at some point. That's all I'm saying. Yeah.
0: And Shelby Harris is going to want his revenge game too. I know he's uh, getting a little bit on the older side, but he's definitely going to want his revenge game um, just because of how, how, how much he talked after that Seahawks game, how much Broncos fans talked to him. Um, you know those players take that personally. So mm-hmm. – um, One of my uh, after my last question for you today, J-Mac, we are officially past the halfway mark. We're nine games to the season. um, So we're officially halfway past the mark. I can't believe it's already week 11 uh, starting tonight with Thursday night football. Um, Do you see this Denver Broncos team as a playoff team come January? Honestly, like 100 percent honest. Do you see this team having a good enough record to slip into the playoffs this year?
1: Crazy because you asked me that question three weeks ago. I'm like, dude, what? Like, no. Like, <laughs> I'm crazy. thinking I'm thinking about rebuilding the offseason. But I will say eight games left. We we are able to win six out of these next eight games, that is 10 wins, and it's very doable. You got Josh Dobbs and the Vikings. They're great, they're a great coach team, but I want but even in Arizona, I didn't think Dobbs played bad in Arizona, but here was the thing, though, anytime he played a great defense. He didn't do that well. Like, it wasn't that well of a game for him. And I think – I know I know he is getting Jettis back. but I know they're getting Jettis back. But Pastor Tan is still here.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: I think people got to realize that. Like, yeah, Vikings are getting him back, but he's still got Patrick Sertan on that other side of the field with Justin Simmons. So, um, I think we can win the game against the Vikings, the Browns, obviously the quarterback issue. That's still going to be a very tough game, though. But I think we may be able to edge it out. The Texans, they've shown that when they play a, a tough, very tough defense this year – that they're not the same offensive team. When they play Baltimore, they were not the same team. I know people thought Cincinnati, uh, Cincinnati's defense has always been on like the fence. They've always been middle of the pack. Um, the Patriots are gonna be the Patriots and the Raiders. The Raiders still divisional, but I think that's a game we can win later in the year. The Chargers, mm-hmm. I can see us splitting. So I mean, you can go six and eight in these next eight games. The Patriots is a winnable game. The Vikings is a winnable game. I think the Texans is more a winnable game than people are gonna think. Um, the Chargers, I've seen, I think we could split, and the Raiders, very winnable game. So, I think the Lions game is a game where we're just gonna have. We might have to just um, obviously go out there and fight. If you could pull off an upset, pull off the upset, but um, I don't know. I think they're they're really great on our weaknesses. Like what we lack, they're really good in. So I think especially they they Dan Campbell take risk. He takes a lot of risk. He's gonna run the football. And I think that's what the Broncos, that's going to be the Broncos' kryptonite right there, especially on those fourth and source situations. But, yeah, I, I think we have a shot. I mean, the team's ahead of us. You got Pittsburgh and you got Cleveland. Pittsburgh, like you said, they've been outgained in every game. The schedule, their schedule is kind of easy going forward. It gets a little tough here and there. But they might still make the – I think they can still make the playoffs. The Browns is kind of up in the air. They have a really, like – It's a tough schedule. I I think it's a tough schedule. The Steelers, you got us, the Rams, Jags, Texans, Jets, Bengals. Like, that is a very tough schedule for a team without, you know, a prominent quarterback. And the Texans, you just still got to wait and see. They're still a very young team. They can easily go on a three-game losing streak. So, I mean, I don't know, man. I would say yes. If we can win six out of our next eight and get to a 10-win team, I think we can make the playoffs. That is outside of the wild card.
0: Do you think we have to win like our next six out of eight, or do you think the Broncos could like, get by with just five five more wins?
1: It's going to be tough because, and the reason I say that because Pittsburgh is six and three. Cleveland is, I, I, yeah. I think, it's, yeah, they're six and three already. Yeah, they're six and three. Cleveland's six and three. Texans are five and four. Cincinnati is going to still win games. Like you still got Cincinnati going to win games. Buffalo I think, is going to turn it around. The Chargers, not gonna, they're going to turn it around. So I, it's really only four teams. So Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Houston, and Cincinnati are like the four teams that we have to root against. But I think like Pittsburgh and them, they're already well above 500. So you're going to have to, they they have a huge chance of winning four games throughout the course of the season. So Denver, you're going to have to win 10. If You can maybe win nine if, If Cleveland, if Cleveland and Houston fall out and don't and and only win nine games, but you got to beat them to get in though. That's the only thing. That's why these games are huge because you Cleveland's in the playoffs. You got to beat them. Texans, you got to beat them. The Raiders are ahead of us. You got to come back and beat them in the Chargers. So. But I think it's possible. I really do. I really do think it's possible. I, I can see the Texans falling out of the playoff race and I, I can see either or Pittsburgh or Cleveland falling out of the race. Cause I don't think, I think Pittsburgh is a well-coached team. I don't think they're a good team. I don't think they're really, a really, really good team though.
0: No. Yeah, I agree. And, Yeah. Beginning of the season, my record prediction was nine and eight and making the playoffs that much that at this point, it's not looking like nine and eight will get you into the playoffs just because you talk about a six and three Browns and uh, Pittsburgh Steelers team like defenses are really good in the AFC this year. I think a lot of people kind of like underestimated that everybody talked about the offenses in this conference coming to season. It's really been the defenses that have really like powered a lot of teams into the playoff race. Especially the, yeah. the Browns and Steelers. So, like, when you look at those teams, like, are they going to, are we going to win our next six of eight? And are they going to lose their next five of their next eight? Like, that's, it's kind of hard to, you know, picture because that, that's really got to, it's kind it's got to happen for us to really slip into the playoffs. But, like you said, the, the Texans Browns game is going to be really huge. My biggest thing is like this week, I know it's an NFC team, but if you beat a Vikings team at home and you go on a four game winning streak against, <laughs> Those, they they're on a winning streak too don't forget that yeah they're that on a six shows,
1: game I think
0: that's crazy if you can break a streak like that bro I you are hungry like you you just beat the bills and the chiefs and also beat the packers like I mean, you are you are hungry yeah, that's they're that's they're what the
1: you tell me they're the hottest team in the league and I thought they were done when I saw Kirk go down I'm like yeah they're, they're done and Josh Dobbs to the rescue my god but <sighs> They're yeah. they're they're the hottest team in the league, but this is but we're we're like the second hottest team in the league. So it's like, and we're coming off huge wins. So I I, I think has a lot to do with it. I will bring this point up though. Pittsburgh's schedule is extremely tough, and if you look at their wins, Pittsburgh is ugly wins. Yeah, like I watch Steelers game. My dad, my brother, my cousins—they all Steelers fans. Like family is a huge stay. They love the Steelers. I watch pretty much all of their games. All of their games that they won are one possessions. 24-17, 17-10, 23-18, 26-22, 2016, 23-19. Then you got the Browns again, Bengals. You got the Cardinals with Kollard back. That, that 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 may be a tougher game for them than people think they'll beat the Patriots, the Colts. Then you got the Bengals, Seahawks, and Ravens. Those are games that they can lose. Especially towards the last their last three games. The Bengals, the Bingles, they got the Bengals in Pittsburgh, but then they got the Seahawks and Ravens on the road. Those are going to be big games that can dictate whether a team like Denver can make it into the playoffs. Where you look at our schedule, our last three games are the Patriots, the Chargers, and the Raiders. That's on the easier side of things. So, yeah. I mean, those, those those last three games can be huge swings that can get us in the playoffs. So, I think it's definitely on the table. I mean, and, and it's crazy. You look at the standards. We're sitting right now 14 in the conference. And I'm saying I think we can literally run the table and make the playoffs. Because I, the Jets and the Chargers, I think I don't maybe see them having a turnaround. I think the Chargers are just, I think that team is looking to just offseason fire Brandon Staley immediately. But I think, I don't know, man. Buffalo has the hardest schedule in the league moving forward. So I don't really see if they can turn it around, but I'm looking at running the table, man.
0: Yeah, it's very exciting. But like you said, man, the Broncos at 14th, they got to win a lot of. They, they it might be. Yeah, I agree with you. They got to win six of the next eight. And there, there are some. There are some good teams. So you're gonna have to run the damn ball and do a lot of the takeaways that we brought brought up on today's episode. Um, but with that being said. Um, Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you guys are listening on YouTube, make sure you guys hit the like button, subscribe, help us get to 2,000 subscribers, greatly appreciated. Comment down below. What do you guys think? Do you guys think the Broncos are going to make the playoffs this year? Get your shout out right now in the comments down below. Um, We love reading your comments as always. If you guys are listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, leave a follow, um, leave a five-star rating, turn notifications on so you never miss an episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. But with that being said, I'm your host, Amir Farrell, with my co-host, Jordan Mackey, a.k.a. J-Mac, to the next one. Peace out, everybody.
1: Peace out.